Recently, I spoke at a ladies' brunch where the theme was bloom where you're planted. And the ladies seemed to really resonate with the message and they were inspired by it. So I wanted to share it with all of you as well. During the brunch, I shared five key elements that help us to bloom where we're planted, to break free from the cares of the world and the lies that the enemy tells us that hold us back and keep us from flourishing for God. Some of you listening, you were at the brunch. And so this is going to be somewhat a review, but I encourage you to stay with us because I've tweaked this just a bit as it relates to us as Christian wives and moms. Let's get started. Welcome to the Faith Lived Out podcast. Are you wanting to do life God's way but are unsure how or what that even looks like? Do you sometimes fear that you're doing this whole wife and mom thing all wrong and want to know how to do it right? Or do you want to stop worrying all the time and learn how to truly put your faith and trust in the Lord? Hey girl, I'm Nancy Adamson, wife, mom, and Grammy to seven sweet babies, Bible study teacher, speaker, and women's ministry leader. I see you and I get you because I've been there, and I'm here to share with you what God has taught me on how to find biblical answers to life's challenging questions in His Word, to know what His promises are for you, how to apply them to your life, and to put the cares and concerns that are on your heart safely in the Father's hands. So if you're ready to learn how to live out your faith every day and follow the amazing plan that God has for you, grab your coffee, pull up a chair next to mine, and let's get started. When you hear the phrase bloom where you're planted, what do you think of? Do you think that it sounds nice, but what does it really mean exactly? How do I do this? Or maybe it's that I'd like to, but you know, now really isn't a very good time. I need to wait until, and you can fill in the blank as to whatever that might be. Or life isn't going so well right now. My heart really just isn't into blooming for God. So maybe at another time. Or you'd like to grow and flourish in the Lord, but you're not sure where to start. Like, what does this look like? How do we do this? Or just maybe God has placed it on your heart to take a step of faith in him, to step out of your comfort zone and to serve him in some new way. But you're afraid that you don't have what it takes. I know for me, when I thought about blooming where I was planted and I went to start to, you know, talk about this message for the brunch I had a difficult time articulating exactly what that meant. So I looked it up into Webster's Dictionary, and as far as plants go and flowers, then it means to produce or to yield flowers. But for people, and listen to this because it's good, it says to mature into achievement of one's potential. That is awesome, to mature into the achievement of one's potential. I think oftentimes we don't realize what our potential in Christ really is. So as I thought about this, I also thought about my own garden. And I've had a flower garden for many, many years. But 
last year was the first time that my husband and I, we had bought a raised garden and decided to do herbs and um, different vegetables, tomatoes, cucumbers, and stuff like that. It was so neat to, you know, plant all the little seedlings and everything, all the little, all the little plants that we had into. They just had a few leaves and a few stems, and then we watched them grow, and the leaves got bigger, and more branches came, and then we would see those little flowers that would come that we knew that or hoped that was going to turn into whatever fruit the plant was, whether it was a pepper or a tomato or or that sort of thing, and we would watch that bud and and anxiously anticipate that it would bloom and turn into some kind of fruit. And we marveled at the flowers, at their beauty, and at the fruit that came of this. And we were able to actually eat it and enjoy it and how good it tasted. And we felt a bit of success as we watched these plants flourish and grow the way that they were meant to. And we were also a bit thankful that we didn't kill it um, by not watering it or something along the way, that a bug didn't come and kill it. We did have one that the bug came up into the inside and completely ruined our zucchini plant, or that the rabbits didn't come and eat it, but that it grew and it yielded the fruit that it was intended to, what God had designed for it to do. God uses the flourishing or blooming of plants as an analogy of what we as believers are to do. In Psalm 92, verses 12 through 15, it tells us that the righteous flourish like the palm tree and grow like a cedar in Lebanon. They are planted in the house of the Lord. They flourish in the courts of our God. They still bear fruit in old age. They are ever full of sap and green to declare that the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there is no unrighteousness in him. So we are to grow, to flourish and to produce the fruit that God has called us to. Our lives are not to be stagnant, not even in our old age, but we are to always be growing in our walk with the Lord and in our service to Him, declaring that He is the Lord, He is upright, He is our rock, and that there is no unrighteousness in Him. It is so easy to get bogged down in this life, it, to get busy with the cares of this world, the worries of our kids and what's happening in their lives, the worries of what's happening in our homes, to believe the lies of the enemy that we don't have what it takes, that we're too old, that we're not good enough, or that we just don't have what it takes to do what it is and to bloom in the way that God has called us to. And we're afraid. We're afraid to take that step of faith. So I have five key elements for us today to help us to bloom where we're planted, to break free from the cares of the world and the lies that the enemy tells us that holds us back from flourishing for God. So blooming where, our, where we're planted begins with key element number one, which is being content where you are. Sometimes God puts us in a place that we don't like very much. It's not where we wanted to be. It's not where we thought that we would be at this time in our lives. And we're a bit discontent. So we spend our time focusing on God changing our circumstances, on Him changing where we are before we're going to be willing to step out in faith for Him and to do what He's called us to do. 
But I have news for you, ladies. Wherever you are right now in your life, you're not there by chance. You are exactly where God has planted you and where he wants you to be. Paul is a well-known example of somebody who was able to be content wherever God had him. And I believe that he was able to do this because he saw the place as, as where he was, as where God wanted to use him. He saw it as this is where God has put me. So there must be something here that he wants me to do. Whether it was in a church, whether it was traveling to another city or on a ship or even in prison, Paul didn't see his difficult circumstances as a distraction from serving God and telling other people about Christ, but as the avenue by which God wanted to use him to reach others for Christ. There are men in heaven today because Paul witnessed to them and spoke to them when he was in prison because God put him there for that very purpose. There's also somebody else in scripture that I think of as an example of this, and we don't even know her name. She's just referred to as a servant girl. And we read about her in the book of 2 Kings chapter 5, verses 1-3. through 3. And it says, Now Naaman, captain of the army, the king of Aram, was a great man before his master, and held favor because of him the Lord had given deliverance to Aram. And he was also a mighty warrior, but he had leprosy. The Armenians had gone out raiding and had taken captive a little girl from the land of Israel, and she waited on the wife of Naaman. She said to her mistress, If only my Lord were before the prophet who was in Samaria, then he would take away his leprosy from him. So Naaman heeds the advice of this servant girl, and he goes to the prophet Elijah, who tells him to wash in the Jordan seven times and that he would be healed. Now, after a bit of reluctance, because the Jordan River really wasn't the, the river that you wanted to wash in, like there were other rivers that were much cleaner, much nicer. And Naaman is reluctant at this in the beginning, but he does finally do it. And when he does, he is healed. And look at what he says in 2 Kings 5.15. Then he returned to the man of God, he and all his company. He came and stood before him, and he said, Now I know that there is no God in all the land except in Israel. This servant girl could have been bitter and angry because she was taking away from her home and her family. She could have been waiting for God to change her circumstances and been discontent and angry and, and bitter, like I had said, but she wasn't at all. She showed compassion for the man who had taken her captive, even to the point of giving him the information that he needed so that he would be healed. She had learned to be content where she was, where God had her, and she trusted in the Lord, and God used her to honor him and to glorify him in this way. And because of this, not only was Naaman healed and believed in God, but I can only imagine how many more of his company that was with him that saw this miracle who also believed in God that day. 
The next key element goes along with this, and it's because one of the things that helps us to be content where we are and to bloom where we're planted is to have a heart of gratitude. We are to be thankful to God for who he is, for what that we are his children, that he loves us and he has a perfect plan for our lives, and also to be thankful and have our heart in the right place so that we can grow and flourish in him. In Psalm 86, 8 through 13, it tells us, There is no one like you among the gods, O Lord, nor are there any works like yours. All the nations you have made shall come and worship before you, O Lord, and shall glorify your name. For you are great and do wondrous things. You alone are God. Teach me your way, O Lord, that I may walk in your truth. Unite my heart to fear your name. I give thanks to you, O Lord my God, with my whole heart, and I will glorify your name forever. For great is your steadfast love toward me. You have delivered my soul from the depths of Sheol. Not only can we be thankful for who God is and that he saved us from sin and given us a life of eternity with him, but he also blesses us in this life all along the way. We can easily get discouraged and down and focused on the negatives. Every day we see what's happening in our world, the depravity of society or the difficulties that we are facing in our own homes. However, no matter what our world looks like today or what our circumstances happen to be, we still have things to be thankful for. So I want you to stop and just be quiet and think for a minute. What are you thankful to God for? Is it maybe your husband or those precious babies or grandbabies that God has given you? Or maybe it's your close friends or neighbors that help us in our time of need or that we just like doing life with and like having around us or our church family, or something else about the church that you attend that blesses you, that fills your heart, and gives you joy. Maybe it's your husband's job, or your job, in that it provides for you and gives you the life and the provision that you need for your family. Or maybe it's the home that you live in, where you live. And of course, there's always things that we want to do to maybe change it or fix it up or whatever. They're never quite all the way that we want it to be. But still, if we overall just think about our home and the protection that we have with it and where we live and what's around us, that can be such a blessing. And then what about answered prayer or a recent unexpected blessing? A lot of times, some of those unexpected blessings go unnoticed, or those answered prayers may even go unnoticed. So stop and think for a minute of what prayers that God has answered for you recently, or how he has blessed your life or your family's life. Colossians 3.16 tells us, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. The word of Christ dwelling in our hearts, this doesn't just happen. So the third key element is to be determined to grow. We have a general wisdom that comes with age, 
But godly wisdom can only come from knowing and living out the scriptures. Too often we let the distractions of our life become the priority, and we must be diligent in making sure that we spend time with God in prayer and in growing in His Word. In 2 Peter 3, verses 17 through 18, we find the final words of Peter, and it says this, You therefore, beloved, knowing this beforehand, take care that you are not carried away with either the error of lawless people and those of your own stability, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To Him be the glory both now and to the day of eternity. Amen. So he is speaking to believers because he says, therefore, beloved, those are the believers. And he's telling them to be careful, to not be carried away by the lawless people and to lose their own stability, but to continue to grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ and to do this forever. Just as the plant needs water and fertilizer to grow and to be strong and to yield flowers or fruit, then we also need to have that water and that nourishment of God's word to do the same. So how do we do this? Well, first, make an appointment with God every day to spend time with him in prayer and reading his word, even if it means that you need to get up a little bit earlier before your husband gets up or before the kids get up. If you need to give the kids something to do to have a little bit of quiet time and let them know, hey, mommy's going to sit here and she's going to read. And when I'm done, I'll let you know. But while you're in here, you know, do a puzzle, do a book, whatever the case may be, but give them something to do so that you can have that little bit of quiet time. And then if you already are having that quiet time, you can dig a little deeper in your, in that time by journaling or doing a personal Bible study during then. Being sure to attend church and to even go to Sunday school, make this a priority and not let the things of the weekend get in the way and distract you from your fellowship with other believers. Find a Bible study to attend, whether it's a ladies Bible study, a couples Bible study, whatever it is, but find a Bible study to go to where you can dig a little bit deeper and have that conversation with other believers because we know that that sharpens us and that makes us better. And then as you are doing work around the house, um, maybe as you're, you know, driving your kids to practice or working in the garden, whatever it may be, you know, pop in some earbuds, put it on the radio, but listen to some Christian music, listen to a Christian podcast, something that is going to just feed your heart and your soul with God's word. And we must be diligent about this. As women, we're really busy and we have lots of people who are depending on us. But that is all the more reason why we need to be growing in grace and knowledge. And we need to be doing this because whatever we pour into ourselves is what we're going to pour out onto our families and on those people who are around us. So it's all the more reason to make sure that we are nourished with the good things of God so that we can also nourish others with those same good things. And then element number four is to seek opportunities to bloom. 
This is another thing that doesn't just happen. And sometimes we are required to step out of our comfort zones. Jesus does not tell us to sit at home and make disciples of all nations. No, he tells us to go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And this is in Matthew 28. We are to be actively serving the body of Christ and reaching people with the gospel. The Lord has gifted each one of us with unique gifts and talents that he wants to use for his purpose. Every single one of you has a gift that God has given you. Look at Romans 12, verses 4 through 8. For as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function, so we, being many, are one body in Christ, and individually members of one another. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith, or ministry, let us use it in our ministering. He who teaches in teaching, he who exhorts in exhortation, he who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence, and he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. So as believers, each one of you has been given a gift, and it is to be used for the edification of the saints, to minister to others. And some of you have been called to be ministers, others to teach the word of God, others the gift of exhortation, which is used in counseling others, others in gifts of finances for you to give away and to help other people, to help other ministries to grow. Maybe you have the gift of leadership and to lead someone else or to lead others in ministry or the gift of compassion and having a compassionate heart and showing mercy. As Christian wives and moms, we have the unique opportunity to serve the Lord as we care and nurture for our husbands and our children. They are our first priority in serving and ministering to others. We can use our gifts of compassion, teaching, exhortation, and leadership right within our own families. We do this as we care for our children and we teach them to care about others, as we minister and exhort our husbands and our kids and we remind them of the biblical principles that they have learned. We encourage them to walk in the Lord or even just come alongside them and help them with an everyday task. God has gifted you with your family, with those who are closest to you because he wants you to use your gift to reach them and to encourage them and to lift them up. For you to use those gifts and talents that he has given you to show them Jesus, to teach them his word. And as you bloom and flourish and grow in this area, then you're going to be helping your family grow and bloom as well. Now, there is a wide variety of gifts, and there's even a wide variety of the way that God calls us to use them. Years ago, I went to my very first women's retreat, and it was a group of ladies from my church that had gone, and it was at this big hotel, and it was a, a women's retreat put on by Florence Littower, which you may know her. She wrote the book um, Personality Plus, I believe it's called. And in the very first breakout session, I was listening to Marilyn Hevelin and she was speaking on hearing God's voice and knowing that it's God's voice. And not only was I 
taking in what she was telling me because it was happened to be exactly what I needed to hear at the time. But I also sat there and I looked at her and went, Lord, that's it. That's what I want to do. I want to stand up in front of people and I want to teach them your word. Doesn't that sound crazy? Like I know a lot of people are like, are you kidding me? Stand up in front of people and talk about God? You've got to be nuts. I thought it was fabulous. I thought it was a great thing. And I was like, Lord, this is what I wanted to do. And I was so thankful that Florence Littower and her daughter did this weekend seminar for Christian leaders, authors, and speakers. And so I went to it to find out, like, is even this my gift? Is this what you've gifted me to do, Lord? Because I like to sing too, but you haven't given me a voice to sing. So I went and I learned that, yes, this is the gift that God had given me was to speak and to talk about him in front of others. And so I went through that and I learned what I needed to learn. And I was thinking, okay, so, you know, I, I need to do, you know, women's luncheons and brunches and I need to speak at women's retreats and this kind of thing. And, and God wasn't bringing those things to me. He wasn't providing those avenues for me to use my gift. And I'm like, okay, Lord, I'm fairly certain that this is the gift that you've given me, but you're not providing a way for me to use it. Well, then... My husband and I joined the Gideon ministry and we were a, we were still a part of the ministry, but we were very, very active in it for about 10 or 12 years. And during that time, I had an opportunity to speak at new member dinners, at training sessions, president's conferences, and even both the state and international conventions for the Gideon ministry. So God had chosen to use the gift that he had given me in some other completely different way than what I was thinking of and what I was, you know, thought that he was going to. And then just recently, As you know, God has opened up a whole new area for me to utilize my gift, and that is in this weekly podcast. And and I love it. I absolutely love it. And it brings me such joy to be able to use my gift in this area. Ephesians 4, 15 and 16 says, But speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the is the head, Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. So see, as each one of us uses our individual gifts, we share that with the whole body of Christ and we edify the whole body of Christ. We all have different gifts, just like we have different parts of the body that has different functions. We all have different gifts and we all function a little bit differently in the body of Christ. And by doing that, by each of us doing our part in what God has given us to do, both in our own families and within the body of Christ, then we edify them and we lift them up and we help them to bloom. To find out what our spiritual gift is, and then to step out in faith and use it, that is a very scary thought, much less actually physically doing it, right? So the key element number five is to remember whose daughter you are. You are a daughter of the King, the mighty God who is King of Kings and Lord of Lords, 
Now, I could stand here and I could talk to you about God's power, His faithfulness, and His love for you, but my words really don't matter. What matters is what God Himself tells you in His Word. So I'm going to share with you just a few of the many verses that God has written about you. The first one is in John 15, 16. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain and that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. God chose you. He picked you out and chose you to be his child. And he has a purpose for that for you to go and to bear fruit. And when you need something from him and you ask him in the Father's will and he will give it to you. He doesn't say go out and fend for yourself, but he's right there with you and he gives you what you need in order to be able to complete the task. And then in Ephesians 2.10, it says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. You are his workmanship. He has created you and he has created you for good works that he prepared beforehand. Right where you are is right where God wants you to be. And he has good works for you to do right there. He has prepared them and planned them out for you. And then in Psalm 139, 13 through 17, it says, For you formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed. And in your book, they all were written, the days fashioned for me, when as yet there were none of them. How precious also are your thoughts of me, O God! How great are the sum of them! So we are fearfully and wonderfully made, and marvelous are God's works. We have seen God's sunsets, and his sunrises. We have seen the beautiful flowers that he has made, the intricacy of some of the bees and the other, you know, insects and animals that he has made. He made you as well, just as marvelous and just as wonderful and awe-inspiring as those other things that we have seen that he has created. He used the same on you. He created you in the same way, and you are fearfully and wonderfully made. And all your days have been fashioned before you. God planned them all out before you ever even existed. What your days would be and how it was that he wanted to use you and to grow you in him. God has a plan and a purpose for your life, the life that he has fashioned for you and for you alone. Are you living it? Are you allowing him to guide your days and your decisions to fulfill the plan that he has for you? Deuteronomy 3.24 tells us, O Lord God, you have only begun to show your servant your greatness and your mighty hand. For what God is there in heaven or on earth who can do such works and mighty acts as yours? 
This is Moses. And this is Moses talking to the Lord after 40 years in the wilderness and seeing all the things that God had done, all the miracles that he had done in providing manna, in providing water, in having their clothes not wear out. I mean, all the things that God has done. And yet Moses said that he has just begun, has only begun to show your servant his greatness and his mighty hand. And God has only begun to show you his greatness and his mighty hand in your life. So just as we see the trees and the flowers and the other plants around us grow and bloom the way that God has intended to, and it's springtime now, and it's one of my favorite times of year because of this very reason, because after we have that winter of gray and no green and no flowers and all of that, that they begin to bloom at this time. And we are to grow and to bloom and to mature in the achievement of our God-given potential. That is our purpose. And we do this by recognizing that wherever we are, wherever God has placed us, it is where He wants us to be because it's where He wants us to serve Him. It's the avenue that He has chosen to use our spiritual gifts and to serve Him. And therefore, we are to be content wherever it is that we are and to have that grateful heart, to look around us and to be thankful for the Lord and what He has brought in our lives and what He brings to us through His promises of eternity. It takes diligence to grow and to be a determination on our part to spend time with the Lord and to be in His Word. But we need to make that a priority in our lives. We need to get that nourishment and that food from Him in order to be able to take that same blessing and gifts that we get from the Lord and to pour them out onto our families and to watch them grow and flourish as well. That first place that we use that spiritual gifts is in our families, and we must be seeking opportunities to use them there. And then once we've done that, then seek those opportunities to use those spiritual gifts outside of our families and in ministries that are both inside and outside the church. And in all of that, we can trust in him. We can trust that he is a mighty God who has created us for good works, who has given us the spiritual gift that he has designed for us and has planned a way for us to use it for his service. So I have one last verse that I want to leave you with. And it comes from the book of Hebrews, chapter 13, verses 20 and 21. Now may the God of peace who brought up our Lord Jesus from the dead, that great shepherd of sheep, through the blood and everlasting covenant, make you complete in every good work to do his will, working in you what is well-pleasing in his sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Thank you so much for listening today. I pray that God has used this episode to bless and inspire you to live out your faith in Him. If it has, please do me a huge favor by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts. 
This is the only way that I know if you like the show and you will be helping others to find this podcast and be lifted up by the Word of God. Is there someone who came to mind while you were listening today and you said, ooh, she needs to hear this? Well, then send her the link so she can be encouraged too. Are you in the Dallas area and looking for a fresh new speaker to add excitement to your next luncheon, women's retreat, or other women's event? Then drop me a note at nancy at faithlivedout.com and let's chat about it. That's nancy, N-A-N-C-I, at faithlivedout.com. I would love to come and meet with you and the ladies in your group. You're also welcome to visit the website at faithlivedout.com for more information, blog posts, journaling ideas, and free printables. Or become a part of our little community of believers by joining the Faith Lived Out community group on Facebook, where you can join together with other faith-led wives and moms just like you. Links to these areas and the scripture references used in today's episode are in the show notes. Ladies, thank you again for listening today. And know that I am praying for God to be with you as you learn to trust in Him more and to live out your faith every day. God bless you and see you on the next episode.